Hello and welcome to the Lancet podcast. I'm Richard Lane on Friday, April the 18th. A strategy of combining D-dimer and multi-slice CT is a safe and effective means of excluding pulmonary embolism. The quote from this week's issue of the Lancet dated April the 19th to the 25th. And the main feature in this week's podcast. More in a moment. Some highlights from this week's issue. Potentially good news in the treatment of psoriasis. A phase 3 study shows how the calcineurin inhibitor ISA247, involved in the inhibition of interleukin-2, could be an effective treatment option for psoriasis. We run a mini-series about chronic cough, that is, cough that lasts at least 8 weeks, which is surprisingly common, occurring in between 10 to 30% of individuals in many populations across the world. The series assesses epidemiology and treatment strategies. And an interesting comment in this week's issue looking at medical terminology and how easy it is for busy clinicians to misinterpret what has been written or said. Melinda Lyons from the University of Cambridge in the UK comments how sound-alike terms used in time-pressure situations cause the greatest risk for ambiguity and misinterpretation. For example, the terms hyper and hypo, intra and inter, anti with an I and ante with an E. It's an interesting comment and well worth a read. Now, venous thromboembolism is a common disorder. A couple of months ago, we featured in the podcast an epidemiological study suggesting that half, or more than half, of hospital patients are likely to be at risk of venous thromboembolism. This week, we published a randomized trial looking at diagnostic assessment of pulmonary embolism, a common and often fatal consequence of venous thromboembolism. Earlier, I spoke to the lead author of this study, Dr. Mark Regini from the Geneva University Hospital in Switzerland. Dr. Regini, can you begin by explaining why the accurate diagnostic measure, if you like, for detecting pulmonary embolism, or PE, is so important? Pulmonary embolism is a common and serial medical condition uh, leading to many hospitalizations. Recent data suggests that, for example, in the United States, more than 250,000 people died from this disease per year. So it's a frequent disease. And over the years, what diagnostic tools have been available to physicians in actually uh, detecting pulmonary embolism? So the, the first test which, was, uh, which has really been used was pulmonary angiography, which obviously is invasive, but expensive and potentially risky. The second test which was used was a perfusion lung scan, which has been the, the cornerstone test for the diagnosis of PE during 20 or even 30 years. And then the first a CT scan arrived and the first CT scan that were used were single slice computer tomography, which had to be used in association with ultrasound of the legs to reliably rule out PE. And with emergence of new MSCT, there was a hope that we could use MSCT uh, without ultrasound to diagnose PE. Can you just explain in a bit more detail how this multi-slice computer tomography this is MSCT, actually works. I'm assuming this is visualization done in many different planes. Is that right? Yes, it's right. The, the, the main difference is that the, the, there are many detectors that are rotating around the patients in the same time. That's the difference which allows a better sensitivity of the test. And this obviously is all done around the chest area. Can you actually visualize the actual PE there on the lung? Yes, we may visualize the PE in the arteries. Given that context and background, what were the objectives of this current study? To compare a strategy without ultrasonography to a, to a classical or more classical strategy which used both ultrasound and MSCT to rule out PE. Can you go on and describe the, the details of the study, the methodology of the study? It was a non-inferiority randomized trial 
in which we compared a classical arm with D-dime, a clinical probability assessment, D-dimer, ultrasonography, and MSCT, and a second diagnostic strategy in which ultrasound of the leg was not performed. The objective of the study was to show that the safety in terms of recurrent PE or thrombosis in a whole uh, venous thrombolytic disease was the same in both arms of the study. Can you just clarify the role of, of D-dimer measurement? This is the detection of a protein, isn't it, in the plasma that can give an indication of a clot? Yes, D-dimer are generated when a clot is, is uh, tribunalized in the blood. And so it's a test which has been good validated to rule out PE or GVT. In terms of the study itself, this is a prospective study, and it's a multi-center study, isn't it, done in Switzerland, also f centers in France and Belgium as well. Was it difficult to get patients to enroll in, in the trial prospectively? It's always quite difficult to organize prospective randomized study, but we had six centers which worked in the past. So we had no great problems to realize this study, even if beginning was difficult. And how were you able to compare the rates of pulmonary embolism between the two arms of the study. So one is multi-slice CT and sonography and D-dimer measurement, and, and the other arm excludes sonography. We compared the three-month thrombomodic rate in the both arms. We take patients in whom the strategy had excluded PE in both arms, and then we, we followed these patients during three months. And we called them and we called the physicians to see uh, if they had done thrombosis or PE during the three times month follow-up. And what were the results of the study? So the study suggested that uh, in the three months thrombolytic rates in patients left untreated after a negative diagnostic strategy was similar in both arms of the study. And so that uh, not performing ultrasound of the leg is safe for these patients with suspected PE when MSCT is used. And what do you think are the main implications of the study? I mean, clearly, this study suggests that ultrasonography of the leg is not necessary because multi-slice CT is as safe as the conventional route. Does this have immediate clinical implications and, and cost implications as well? Yes, because uh, PE is a, is a frequent disease which is often suspected, and so simplificating or having more simple diagnostic strategy is easier for clinicians. And moreover, we, we saw, at least in, with a European cost, the strategy with ultrasound was about 20% more expensive than the strategy without ultrasound. And how available is the technique of multi-splice CT? Does it need to be a very specialist kind of centre to have that kind of technology? Or could we expect MSCT to be, to be widely available? No, no, that is the great advantage of MSCT, that each hospital, even little hospitals, may have now an MSCT. And that's a great advantage uh, on uh, the other test, which was perfusion lung scan, which was available only in nuclear medicine centers or in, in hospitals with nuclear medicine centers. MSCT is, is, is widely av available. And do you think, therefore, that clinical guidelines now on the diagnosis of PE should be changed as a result of this study, or do we need more confirmation, do you think? I think that we, we have cl clear clear data from this study, but from some previous studies which were not randomized and which did not compare uh, two arms, but we have uh, sufficient data to suggest that uh, strategy with clinical assessment, D-dimer and MSCT is safe. Dr. Regini, on the line from Switzerland, thanks very much indeed for talking to The Lancet.
and look out for the linked comment to this trial. Well, that concludes the podcast for this week's issue of The Lancet, dated April the 19th to the 25th. I'm Richard Lane. See you next week.